0: It's good to be here with you guys. Um, I don't know I don't know what God was saying because that's like really bad coffee. Um, so if God is something to enjoy or something really bad, you know, then there you go. But um, no, it, it's just, you agree? Um, I, I honestly, it's a joy to be here. I do love your pastor. He's been a great friend over the years. And I think literally since we moved up here about six years ago and he was just one of the brothers that, really would just call and say, how are you doing, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I love your, your pastor and glad to be here with you guys and um, wish it wasn't because they were ill, you know. I was thinking I was supposed to be here next month or something. Um, and so, yeah, I'm leaving quite early. I'm going to just preach and I got to go because I got to hop on a plane because I'm preaching down south. So, if I'm kind of moving, don't think I'm rude. It's just I got to catch a plane. So, um, we got to get out of here, you know. But um I, I was praying about what to teach on and I couldn't do the messages I was going to be doing down south because it's like three messages and so I thought you know Psalms 84 has been something really near to me I've been reading it quite a bit and I thought I would just kind of write up something real quick and preach that and I hope it comforts someone here and encourages you it's one of my favorite psalms because it has one of the best songs that I think I know out of it so I love it and um yeah, so let's pray, and then let's dive in. God, we thank you for the fact that your word is alive and active, and your word, really, it encourages, challenges, convicts us, just does what it's supposed to do, God, and we pray that we would find it the sweetest thing, that it would um, that it would just make us different, that it would cause us to be more and more like your son. God, I pray that you would cause me to decrease, that you might increase all the more, that um, I wouldn't be a distraction to your word, God, and we just thank you for the fact that we can dwell in your house, and we can be... Um, together, God, and that we are in a country that allows us to be together, God. We're free to worship you. We pray that we wouldn't take that for granted. We pray for those that are in places that really don't have this amazing opportunity that are being persecuted around the world, God. We pray that you would encourage and stir their hearts, God. I'm always really blown away by their faith when I hear messages of what they're doing in, you know, persecuted areas, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would... um, that you would just stir in something within us that would cause us to be bold for you. So God, we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing in our lives, and we pray that you just continue to cause so much uh, church just to be a light here in Santa Rosa area, that they would draw people to not themselves, but to you, Lord. And we pray this in the name, of your son Jesus. Amen. So Psalms 84, turn there with me if you would. Um, it begins like this. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they may get a place of springs and autumn rains also covered with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on your shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk is blameless. Lord Almighty blesses the one who trusts in you. Psalms have obviously through the years, they've been a great encouragement for us. Um, you know, for generations and centuries and thousands of years now. And Psalms 23, obviously, we, we sang about a little bit in, in the last song, and it's probably one of the most famous songs. You know, if you're, if you're an unbeliever and you die, you're like, oh, let's have Psalms 23, you know, because it just seems right. Um, Psalms 103 is probably one of the most joyful songs, you know. Um, Psalms 119 is deeply experiential. Psalms 51, the most contrite where David just pleads his heart before the Lord but this has to be one of probably the sweetest psalms of what's called the psalms of peace that we have. Um, and this psalm is written by one of the sons of Korah. This is one of Aaron's, Moses' brother, one of his, um, the tribe there, the tribe of Levi. And this actually is one of the Korites, And the Korites served in the temple day in and day out. Not as one who played the harp beautifully or was a skilled musician or one who was dealing with the, uh, the sacrifice. The, the Korite's job was to stand at the gates. They were the gatekeepers. Their doorkeepers, shall we say, they were janitors. First Chronicles 26, 6, and 8 says, they were very capable men with the strength to do the work. God appointed specific men to be gatekeepers or janitors of the temple, and they wrote this psalm about how blessed they were to be in the house of the Lord. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow nests for herself, where she may have her young a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King. The psalmist here sees these birds... These uh, swallows and sparrows. Now listen, I am not an animal person at all. I don't like coffee. I don't like alcohol. I don't like cigars. I don't like wine. And I don't like very much of nature. I'm not a nature person. I don't enjoy it. That's why I'm not going to Alaska. The only country I have, only state I have not been to and I don't plan to go. Um, I really don't. Um, So I don't like it mainly because you're out in the cold. um, And I hate being cold. Um, I don't like Things wanted to attack me or eat me, like when I was at Hume and I was with the these raccoons came chasing after my Doritos, and that was very wrong. So I don't enjoy that. And one thing I had to do was look up about sparrows and you know swallows, because I have no idea about birds. And um, it says they, they literally fly, they flutter around day in and day out. From early morning to late at night, they just sh- 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 all over the place. What I read is the, the bird watcher hates these animals. It, just, it causes them to just be like, oh, will you please be more majestic or something, you know? Um, and that's just not what these sparrows or swallows are at all. So here you have the janitor, the doorkeeper at the temple, and he's looking up and he sees these birds flooding around and he sees them making their home in the temple and they're at rest because that's what these animals do when they want to, you know, mate and have their their birds. They kind of make a nest and they're chilling there. And here these worthless animals. The imagery here is Unbelievable. Even the sparrow has found a home in the swallow, a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. In Matthew ten twenty nine, it says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them fall to the ground outside your father's care? So do not be afraid, verse 30, you are worth more than many sparrows. So here it's just giving the idea that if God cares about these worthless little birds worth, like you know, what, two for a penny, well, and they don't have a care in the world, wouldn't God care for you, his beloved, his child? William Booth, the leader, of the founder of the Salvation Army. I think you guys have a big Salvation Army thing here, right, that do some great work. And um, I've been reading his biography recently, and and I don't know if you know about William Booth, but the dude— was pretty amazing what he really did and what he accomplished over, especially first over in in England and London. And he says this, he looks down at some little street and he sees a humble chapel where a group of simple people worship the Lord. The idea for William Booth was this. He wanted to, he was like with these fishermen and these like people who just weren't very, you know, they smelled, they didn't have, you know, clean clothes. And he brought them to the church of the day and they're like, ooh, um, I don't really, they shouldn't be here. Like they just, Have them sit, we don't want to be downwind of them, so they need to, I mean, it was this big ordeal, and he's like, what is this? And the people knew, um, I don't think they want us to go to the church. I mean, we're we're not really kind of the church folk kind of crowd. We're the worthless ones here. And that just deeply disturbed William Booth, and he's like, no, that, that can't possibly be. Let's go. And they just went, and then he soon found out that they were right, and the people didn't want him there. And the pastor's like, hey, we know your heart for the Lord, and we think it's great, but um, the stench is just too much for us to handle. And so he begins to say, well, then I'm going to have to create another church. We're going to have to do something. So he writes this as he's looking at this simple little church that's not ornate, not beautiful, and he's like, wow, how amazing is this? Simple people worshiping with the Lord in the beauty of holiness, despised and rejected a man, yet even as what their Lord is. And I know that is the rich reality of a spiritual truth here that sparrows find their nest at the cross of Jesus Christ. Here worthlessness that finds its worth because the Savior has died. Swallows fluttering day in and day out. They really are a picture of restlessness in the Bible. In the Bible, the swallow is a picture of restlessness, a picture of our soul apart from God. And then in God, um, when at last it comes to rest in him Chasing after unfulfilled dreams and hopes and all these disappointments that we have, that you will have if you're too young and you're like, No, life is great. You will have, Welcome, welcome to life. Ecclesiastes, meaningless, meaningless. And so you look at the world and everything it has to offer, you look at the pop stars, you look at whatever, whoever is cool and hip, and you look at their life and you're like, Really? You look at the Jada and Will, you may not know the the Smith family, but you're like, wow, what a pathetic marriage that is. But they're held in high degree. And it really is, no, look at how restless they really are. You look at the world and they say, oh, just love yourself. Please, the world does not need to love themselves any more than what it already does. We love ourselves quite a bit. And so here we agree with St. Augustine when he says, our hearts are restless till they find their rest in thee. Psalms 84.3, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. The swallow finds rest near the altar of God. And this janitor, this gatekeeper is just amazed. He's not talking about the amazing music and the, the, the harpist and the, the, the cymbals going on. He's like, wow, look at the birds and how they find their rest by the altar. And they're just at ease now and they're at peace. The text begs the question, "Have you found your rest in God? Are you still wandering and restless as so many people are? God offers you his peace When I was a kid growing up in church because i was i 'm um, a born church kid, I mean I am a saved self righteous little brat. I was born on Saturday in church on Sunday knew every single Bible answer, I quizzed out in Awana, I mean, I did Awana Olympics, I was just amazing church kid, I sung in the church choir, I started leading worship at like 13, I mean, I, if anyone's going to heaven because of their church, you know, proximity, it was me. And God came and rescued my pathetic, self-righteous brat of a self when I was 15 on the mission field, and he showed me my sin in the depths of how ugly I really was before a holy, righteous, beautiful God. But this is one of the songs that I really love to sing because of the fact that when you don't know the Lord, there's a, there's a sense of restlessness for you, especially as a church kid when you close your eyes at night. And I grew up in the time where, you know, in a Baptist church where they said the, uh, the altar call and you're like, oh, Lord, I better go forward. I better go forward because I might go to hell tonight. I might die tonight. I don't know. I better let me just raise my hand. He wants me to walk forward. I'll walk forward again. It's great. And that's what I did in this. And there was really, there wasn't a lot of peace for my soul, even as a child. I wasn't, you know, doing any big, ginormous, you know, sins. It's just I wasn't at peace because I didn't know God. I didn't have a relationship with God. But this song, it says out of uh, John 14, 25, all this I have spoken while I'm still with you, that advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I, can, I know like three or four different songs out of this little passage right here. My favorite is, um, not as the world gives, give I to thee. Peace, give I. And it was like, oh, we were singing in the hallway. The church showed echoed really well. I don't think I cared about the message. I just loved when my voice sounded in it. You know, and then we would maybe sing, the, and it was like this melodic sound. I was like, wow. But now I, I hear the message. I'm like, wow, peace I give to you. If the world doesn't need a sense of what peace is, we are living in a time where it is, it is far from peaceful on every single possible way you can imagine. I don't care if you're like, what your political affiliation, what your ethnic background is, whatever it is, there's no real peace at all. And I really think that's the, that's the goal of the enemy. And the goal of the enemy is to say, let's get God's people to really not have any peace. So let's rile them up with some nationalism. Let's rile them up with this or that. And let's, let's have them not really love each other well. So let's just have them stand up for their own rights and we just go along with it right now. And it's just kind of sad. The world offers, well, the world is what is full of sin. And sin comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10. And you can see the janitor looking in the temple and seeing the restless swallow building the nest where she can raise her young. And he's simply amazed. This worthless bird is here in the temple of God, in one of the most sacred places, and it's at peace. There are three blessings divided by the Salahs in the passage. Um, Verse 4 says, blessed are those who dwell in God's house. Verse 5 says, uh, blessed are those who make their way to God's house. And verse 3 says, hey, blessed are those who trust in God. The first blessing is for those who work and live in the temple. This is obvious, immediate blessing, right? You're then the temple where the Lord dwells, and we realize it's not by temple. Uh, God doesn't dwell with um, it, temples made by, by mere hands. Um, Acts seventeen twenty four, as Paul says, uh, there, even though there was a special manifestation of God, the Shekinah glory that dwelled in the most holy place, which would have been a freakish thing, by the way. I mean, the, the priest had to have a rope tied around him just in case he wasn't worthy enough to be in there, just in case he didn't really, he had some sin that he hadn't confessed. And they would, he would die because he was too close to the Holy of Holies and he would just, they would just pull him out. You can't even walk in there to get the Joker. It's like, just, yeah, just pull him out. Pull him out. He didn't do his business. Pull him out. So, this idea of the, the, the temple of the Lord, this was huge. This idea of Isaiah 6, God being high and lifted up and the smoke fills and seraphim, this is a freakish alien kind of sight we have going on here. So when he says, wow, this is amazement, think about it. The temple is unbelievable. And so this is why David would say Psalms 27.4, another song that I grew up singing. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I would seek and dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That's why the psalmist, the sons of Korah, speak of yearning and even fainting for the courts of the Lord. They had a unique position that could forever satisfy their souls. We don't really get it. I mean, maybe maybe some folks do because I've, I've been to some Laker games, you've heard. now. That's By the way. I've never been at church where they read my Bible before. It's very strange. Paul, I want if you're being recorded, it's very strange to um, read my Bible. That's like on a, a book cover or something. But um, it doesn't mean I'm a good singer because, you know, they, I've, I've heard plenty of horrible national anthem singers, plenty of them. But I've been at the, um, you know, a few of those games, and I've seen real worship. I have seen worship. I have seen people lose their minds. Like, literally, I have seen grown men, grown men, literally, grown men, just when, kid you not, like, literally, he saw, I think it was Kareem, he saw Kareem, he was a guest there, and he's like, <gasps> and the man passed out. And I'm like, whoa. Like, that is a little extreme there. You've seen it back with Michael Jackson in the day. The girl's like, oh, and they would pass out. This, I'm sure there's a medical term. Someone knows it. I don't know it. I'm not that intelligent. And the, the lack of oxygen to the brain because they're so excited. I mean, wow. I mean, they're, they're so, they just can't imagine they've been in the presence of whatever is great for the moment, the fleeting moment. Well, here this gatekeeper says, man, my soul yearns and longs and even faints for the living God. I often think, how, is that how I live my life when I'm, when I'm in my personal devotion to the Lord? Is my soul fainting, and do I yearn for him in that way? Is Psalm 63 true for me, you know? With d- these dry bones have found this water now. They had a unique position that could forever satisfy their souls they were so close to where the Holy One dwelled. Blessed are those, verse 4, who dwell in your house, they are are ever praising you. Verse 5 says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Not everyone could obviously live in Jerusalem. The folks were scattered through all the country and small villages and farms. And the psalmist says he saw people coming in and out from the journey day after day, has a blessing for them as well. Hey, blessed are you for this pilgrimage. Which would have been, I mean, you know, obviously, It's it's a journey there. It's kind of a Good Samaritan kind of story journey. You don't know what's going to happen on this pilgrimage. We are blessed to be a blessing. And that's exactly what verses six through seven says. I, I, to me, this is probably one of the most important pieces of this sermon that we are really blessed to be a blessing. That people, do they see? Now, let me tell you, when I was. Early on, I would, you know, I would, oh, yeah, yeah, bless you, you know, and I, I didn't, I grew up, you know, a church brat, you know, I grew up going to a Christian college, so we said a lot of Christian things that we turned it around to mean things that weren't very Christian, you know, like, oh, yeah, bless you, man, that meant like, hey, whatever, get out of here, we don't really like you, but we said bless you, you know, like, hey, bless you, I'm like, oh, yeah, horrible, I mean, I'm a horrible person, obviously, As they pass through the valley of Baca and they make it a place of springs and autumn rains, also cover it with pools. Verse 7, they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in sight. Valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, the text says, bless every area you pass through. You see, there are going to be hard and difficult days as the song was talking about. The sun isn't always going to shine so bright where you are. And this text says, these travelers know where their hope comes from. We rise above the circumstances of the moment because we go from strength to strength, strengthening one another along this cold, rainy, dreary, dark day, our days, our years. I hope you're being a blessing. I hope others feel blessed by you. You were blessed to be a blessing. Remember 2 Corinthians 4, 5, I'm going to read the whole thing. For that we proclaim it not ourselves, but Jesus Christ, the Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay, jars of clay, these worthless, they weren't really, they were used for purposes that were just kind of like, you know, like a bathroom use. It was really just worthless things here. he says, hey, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. In other words, he's trying to say, hey, don't think too much of yourself. You ain't all that. You're just sinful beings. I I think the American church, we kind of have a, I don't know what's happened to us. I think we, especially if we're very Reformed, we have the great theology, but we kind of think a lot of ourselves. And sometimes we like to say, you know, we're the church that teaches, you know. And we just, oh, wow, we are a teaching church. And, man, my pastor, he just breaks it down, his knowledge of Hebrew and Greek, and wow, wow. And we just kind of get caught up in how amazing we really are. And we kind of lose sight that, well, we are just jars of clay, that the power belongs to God and not to us. God saw fit to save your worthless soul. Actually, you can go, man, God saw fit to save you and you aren't, unless you're Jewish, you you ain't the chosen race. You ain't the chosen people that way. God has grafted you in. But we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may also be manifested, shown in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so the life of Jesus may also be manifested, shown in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. I don't think we like that idea that death is at work. I think we are doing a lot. I'm fighting right now personally this idea of comfort theology. I totally reject, reject prosperity theology like, no, tomorrow I have several sermons on it. We can go head to head with it. Um, but I, but I'm getting too comfortable in my faith. And when I think, oh, let's not be uncomfortable, I think I get comfortable in not being comfortable. You know what I mean? And it's like, man, what is going on here? So right now um, we are looking at, uh, if you're part of Safe Refuge, do not share this, out, but we are looking at how can we maybe look at some sex trafficking issues there are 210 kids that go missing a day in the state of california yeah a day in the state of State of California, 210 kids. That doesn't mean that 100 of them won't come home. The next, but for, for a day, their parents have no idea what's happened. And it's not like, oh, I know it's those poor families that, um, you know, there's not a dad in the home and mom is just working so hard. So there, of course, these are kids coming from very affluent families that are being wooed from their, especially the boys that no one wants to talk about from the gaming consoles. This is um, stuff that's happening from the the. the the cats who, the Romeos who find them in the schools, and, and they're like, hey. And they're like, well, he kind of likes me. We're friends. And, and the thing is this. Um, I'm, a, I'm worried that the church isn't going to get involved in it. We might get some money, but it's going to be too messy for us. I'm concerned that we haven't preached a lot on it, and we don't do anything unless we hear 50 sermons. And there are right now less than 3,000 beds for... Um, Commercialized sexual exploited children in the United States. The biggest day for trafficking is, you know what day that is? It's coming up. Super Bowl, I was shocked. Yeah. Super Bowl Sunday is the biggest. So the task force in LA has been working nonstop and they're getting ready to, because it's, it's coming. I, I have no idea why. I know. I your team wins, you celebrate, your team loses, you celebrate. I, I don't know. I have no idea why, but Super Bowl is, it's a big traveling event. They're all there in hotels. I don't know. I have no idea, but that's the day. I fully believe that God has placed us in this time to deal with these type of issues, that we would be a blessing in the, in the midst of the baka in the midst of the mess, in the midst of just the ugliness, that the people of God would stand up for what is right and what is just. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparisons. I have been encouraged and helped and blessed by scores of people along this Christian journey that I have been on. You and I need to be exactly like these travelers and bless and encourage other folks. Third point, those who trust in God. As a kid, my favorite verse was Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. This idea of trusting in God. Not in myself, not in the current situation of this, this, and that. And so this idea of comfort theology hurts me because it caused me to not trust in my own abilities and my own sense. It's like when I'm overseas and people are praying for some miraculous healing. Well, they don't have a doctor, so of course they got to pray that the person. But it's like, man, do I live like that? That God can do the unbelievable? Or I'm just dependent on myself and my own abilities to get this thing done. It's not working here in America. So I desperately need God for it. My neighbors, they desperately need God. Lord Almighty, verse 12, blessed is the one who trusts in you, happy, satisfied, made whole, who whole blessed is the one who puts their confidence, their hope, their faith, who trusts in the Lord. The janitor knew it wasn't about the building. The true delight was in God, the one who dwelled in the temple. This is why the writer writes in his Psalms, blessing for the one who simply trusts God. It is a way of saying that in the final analysis what truly matters is what life is about, that man, at the end of the day, do you trust in God? That's why verse 11 is dealing with God and his character. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestowed favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold, for those who walk is blameless. The Lord God is, is a sun. He directs, he guides, he warms, and he's a shield. He protects you. God and only God here is referred to as the sun that shines in the darkness and brightens our days. He's a shield that protects us from the enemy and our enemies. He's the only true source of favor and true honor. I hope you get that, that God is going to be the only one that will protect you at the end of the day. So whatever your political, and trust me, I'm not, I'm not going if you're conservative, if you're more liberal, because I have friends on both sides of it, and both sides, I'm telling you, God is the one who protects at the end of the day. I hear Romans eight twenty eight in the last section says, "Hey, we know all things work together for good to those who love Him and called according to all things, work together for good." I've been shot, so I understand when difficult things happen. I have a sister who literally was um, abused by a youth pastor at our church. I, my family understands that. My sister would be the first one to tell you, "Hey." God works all things out for good to those that love him and call it according to your to our purpose. It's when Joseph would say, hey, what you intended for evil, God meant for my good. It's believing that a sovereign, holy God who is good and just and holy and loves you will work things out for you. This psalm is a beautiful declaration of trust in God alone. Nothing else will give you peace and rest. Nothing else will protect and give you favor like the Lord. Nothing else will satisfy and make you whole more than the Lord. My friends, this simple, glorious text screams for you to trust in the beauty of the Lord. My wife walked down to... Um, we worship you, Lord, in the beauty of holiness. I was like, what, what more amazing thing do we want for our marriage than for this to be, man, this is just us saying, God, we want you to be the forefront of our marriage. Yes, my bride is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. But at the end of the day, man, it's the fact that here she is, here I am, and here's God. And we are going to just try to be closer and closer to God so we can be closer to each other. So the beauty of his holiness. It says, hey, come and taste and see that he is good, that there is nothing else like him. People will not turn from sin because we are making rules and regulations. People will turn from sin because they have tasted and they they see God. Because we are going after not behavior modification, but heart change. This text simply says, hey. You have a beautiful God. You have a beautiful God who cares for the worthless things of this world. The text says, hey, you have a God who you are worthless, but you could have his worth and his value because he's declared that on the cross for you. One of the most beautiful statements i ever heard was when John Piper said, hey, God will never love you any more than what he already does. And I was like, "Whoa, well, what does that really mean? And I remember I was I, I sat there at that conference. I was like, okay, that's really nice. I don't know what the heck that statement really means. God will never love me any more than what He, and then really when you think about it, He can't do anything more to prove His love for us. God has already sent His Son to die on the cross and pay the price for our sins, past, present, future. He will never love you any more than what He does. So what it told me is, Andre, you don't have to be on that treadmill of of do's and don'ts anymore. You get to now rest in His grace. You get to now just, man, abide with him, as John 15 says, because he loves you. So the idea of Colossians 3, set your mind on things above, you know, is is really true. And you can now put off these things because, wow, you are now putting on his his clothes, let's say. This psalm simply says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. Do you all know it? From my soul, well, sing with me. Here we go, right? How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul longs and even faints for you. For here my heart is satisfied within your presence. I sing beneath the shadow of your wings. Better is one day. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts and a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts and a thousand elsewhere. A thousand elsewhere.